So I was gonna wear a Wu-Tang shirt today, but I didn't. What am I wearing? Oh, what's that gun? Yeah, it's in the same state. I had two or three Wu-Tang shirts pulled out, and I was like, eh, this one, this one. <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah, fuck it, I'm, I can't choose, so I chose a whole different shirt. There you go. No, this is the only Wu-Tang shirt I still have. I believe the other ones are in New Jersey now. Oh, yeah, to that one dude you were selling yeah. T-shirts to. I have I have an Iron Flag shirt. I have one that looks pretty close to the yeah. one you're wearing. This was solid at one time, actually. Yeah. I just remembered how I got it, but I'll save that story for off the air. And that one, the other one, I have, like, the, the one that has the nine members lined up, and it looks kind of like the Brady Bunch. Oh, right on, yep. And they're all... Uh, Posing a certain different way, like Method Man's like pulling his eyes back, and Master Killer's got is it like the a forever, in his mouth. Is it the forever one or no? Yeah, because I had the forever. It's at the if you open up the CD or whatever, it's all the way at the back. I think. Yeah. Is there a picture of it in yeah. there? But there's a see it. Method Man's lighting a fucking joint or spot. Oh no, that's a different one. Okay. Though. Yeah, that I got Method that Man's one. like pulling his eyes back. Oh, weird. And then uh, I know Masticilla had a blunt in his mouth, and then like ODB's got like a weird, crazy face, and it's uh, I'll just fucking send you a picture of right it on. sometime. But I've had it forever, but it's starting to get kind of funky looking. Like you know how white T-shirts get kind of oh, it's white over time. Oh yeah, mine was yeah. black. The other two are black, but this one's white. I had a red one too. A long time ago but it was like 2x maybe and i'm a pretty fucking little dude yeah, you know a big ass back shirt. then oh i have a liquid swords shirt too actually oh that's dope but i gave that to um somebody too but it was tight it said like 36 on the back and um it had a couple bees on it shit was cool but it was just fucking huge anyway. did you have any woo wear stuff um i had a jersey thing I don't know. I didn't. Just the, just the t-shirts. Like the two t-shirts were actual woo wear. Yeah. And then I had a gold chain, which I lost, like a long time ago. Like a Wu Tang chain. Hell yeah. <laughs> so since we're you know we're talking about thirty six and forever, when forever came out that Christmas, I get to spend like fifty bucks or whatever. Uh. And my grandma was like, oh, yeah, whatever. So it was like the first year I ordered off the Internet, and I found the Wu-Tang game, Shaolin style for the PlayStation, that T-shirt, and then uh, like a rope chain with a Wu-Tang fucking Oh, that's right. I remember you telling me about that. But it's like just like this shirt. It's just like a a solid fucking W and then Wu-Tang through it. Yeah. And um, I remember it, it started to fucking turn slightly green, you know, because it's not exactly real. Well, I mean, what do you expect for twenty nine ninety five? you know what I'm saying? But I thought it was dope. Lost it somewhere. Same thing with the video game. That video game's worth some money. I know, I'm fucking pissed. And not because and of the a, game. There's a Wu-Tang controller, too. There's, yeah, the controller I didn't have. But the reason I want to find, I want my fucking disc back is because there's songs on there that... They're only on there. Fucking, I don't know, though. Who knows? I lost that years ago. Or it's, like, at my parents, covered in fucking dust and shit somewhere. 
I'm trying to find the Wu-Tang controller on eBay right now. But that Shaolin game was hard as fuck. Yeah, I remember it being hard. Yeah, here it is. 300 bucks. For the controller? Yeah. Oh, that's fucking dope. Yeah. I think it was for PlayStation 1. And it was just a Wu-Tang W-shaped thing. I don't know if... I'm guessing you had to special order it, like, aside from the game. Yeah. Because I don't think it just came with the game. Well, however, I got I got the game. It was just just, just the, the game. game. Yeah. yeah. I don't even remember if there will remember seeing a controller. Do you remember like what your first exposure to Wu Tang was? Yeah, but it was like MTV when I was like seven, eight years old, and it would have been like either Protect Your Neck, Cream video. Yeah. yeah, I think that was probably mine too. And I can like. I don't know. It's like I can see in my head, like, where I was when I was... Like, I kind of remember watching fucking Tupac videos yeah. at that time, which would have been a little later on, but... Yeah, if I remember right, probably the Cream video was... Which is probably, like, a lot of people's first right. exposure, to because it's the most popular video that they have, I'm pretty sure. It was either that, yeah, it was either that or Protect Your Neck or Method Man, but it was probably Cream, honestly. But then I remember when Forever was getting hyped and shit. And um, I even, like, my yearbook from junior high has fucking Wu-Tang Forever in it, baby, and all this funny shit. It's fucking <laughs> hilarious, dude. It's a fucking little 12-year-old white kid from northern Michigan and shit. <laughs> That's funny. I know. And I couldn't afford it then anyway. In fact, this copy I have, this CD copy, in all honesty, I think I fucking lifted it from somebody. I mean, a long time ago. You found a... Didn't you grab a vinyl copy when we were in Grand Rapids last? I did, yeah. yep. Which is actually cheaper than this CD was when it came out. That's funny. Yeah, that was crazy, dude. What was the... What did Wu-Tang Forever cost? It was like... 50? Yeah. Ish. Yeah. Yeah. It's because it's four discs. Oh, no, this was 50. No, I was talking about the record. It was like 40-something. CDs, too, but the record... And this was like... I know they're like 40 to 50. Fucking insane. I've seen them go like for 60 and kind of above though. Yeah, I've seen them go. I'm surprised that they haven't done some crazy deluxe edition of that yet. But I guess the there's what four years for the 30th anniversary still, so there's time. Imagine imagine if they did a seven inch box set, it'd be like oh my god, it'd be huge. (laughs) It'd be like fucking 47 inches. Yeah, dude, that's uh, that'd be that'd be insane. I don't know. That'd be it's too much at that point for a double re- for a double album. That was I'm trying four to, records yeah. to begin with. I'm trying to think of even what they could add to it, because even like the the um, 36 fucking all that shit that they put out. I mean, if you want m- different mixes, you get yeah, the 12 what? inches and then you got them. The seven inch box set did that have different mixes on it? The one that you have? No, I mean it just had the straight whatever that was like it didn't have it had protect your neck all the album cuts were on it so oh okay but like i have a protect your neck 12 inch and then that has like the six different versions on it or whatever which is cool to listen to but i still think that they used the right one you know what i mean a cream too maybe do you remember that disc that they had that was the like... The one that shaped like a W? Yeah, I never got disc. that. Yeah. That thing's gnarly. I remember I kept like... I had it in my cart like a mm-hmm. hundred times to buy. 
and I never pulled the trigger on it for whatever reason, probably because I was buying a bunch of other shit at right. the same time. And um, now I want to say they're worth like double, or if not more, than what they were. But it is a really cool picture disc. That was like one of the first hip-hop discs I remember seeing that was like a picture that was an emblem. Now, oh, like, yeah, yeah. Now they got like fucking saw blades and all this crazy types of shit. Oh, like, I know. They do everything. Yeah. I've seen some pretty wild stuff. No, out, that like, was cool, though, the Wu one that would spin on there like that. Yeah. But Mastakilla's solo album's getting redone, and there's like a yep. saw blade 7-inch in there or a 10-inch maybe. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, the package. And then, yeah. R.A. the Rugged Man came out with one for the Slayers Club, too. Oh, really? And it was a saw blade? Yep. Or something like a saw blade, a throwing star, maybe. But oh, I know it was wow. some type of one of those one of those designs of things that looked similar to that, you know? Yeah, somebody's going to, well, I'm sure it's already been done. Pentagrams and whatnot. I haven't seen a pentagram. No? I've seen pentagram, like, Venom picture discs, but they're just circles. They're right, not like right. A, I mean, like in the shape of a. Yeah, I, it'll get done. I guarantee you. That, that's if what they're I doing think records too. pressed with like fake blood in them and pot leaves and all this shit, like I don't. It'll get it'll get done. But anyway, so for the people listening, while we're rambling about Wu Tang here, we're gonna go and make a controversial verses here. People are like mainly one-sided on this, but. Uh, there's enough people that aren't to where it makes it an interesting conversation. So we're going to debate 36 Chambers and Forever. And I just want to note this now so I don't have to keep repeating it during the episode. <laughs> but in no way am I trying to discredit one or the other being like a bad album. Like Right, they're right. Bo- they're both great. I love them both for their own particular reasons. I do have one that I like a little more than the other, just for, again, in particular reasons. But I'm not trying to discredit the other, but I don't want to have to state that every single time I make a point about, like, one or the other. So let that be known. Yeah, like, I love both these albums, but just because I'm going to talk shit about one doesn't mean I hate it. Basically what I got out of it. And what makes it cool is Jeremy and I... I, he has one chosen, I have the other chosen. Yeah, we chosen, sit on different sides of the fence. Wasn't even just like we didn't do that just for the episode. That's just how it how is. How we are. But I know mainly like across the board, and I did like a little poll on Instagram just to see 36 Chambers, for the most part, is the more popular of the two. By fan vote, I should say. I would have liked to have like had a call in and have some people kind of yeah, yeah. get in, in on here and weigh in, but it was hard to arrange. And also, we were talking about like finding somebody that had never listened to the two of them that was into hip hop that would have an opinion to hear which one they would like yeah, more. But it's pretty hard. fucking hard to find somebody. Yeah, like if you're into hip hop, like chances are you've heard one or the other, if not both. Yeah, dude, like. If you're into hip hop and somebody's like, you've ever heard of Wu Tang, and you say no, you're like, they're like, you're not into hip hop. Yeah. So that would be, it's fucking difficult to find somebody. So we're just gonna. Because it is like, I mean, 36 on its own did a ton for hip hop, just in general. Like, not even, even if you take all the lyricism out of there, just the beat making in general did a ton for hip hop. The business of it. And the business, yeah, to yeah, like I what mean... RZA grew it into, but. 
the beat making, the taking of like super slow or uh, sorry, super old soul samples and changing the pitch on them to where it's almost unrecognizable, but then slowing it down to a weird tempo, mixing it with karate and like old uh, kung fu flick samples and shit made for a really cool lore about the album that I think suited the artwork very well. And it's, you know, I'm thinking about this right now, and I think that was the first album I ever listened to that had samples in it. Like, like from movies from and movie stuff? From movie samples, yeah. yeah. And, you know, because now I'm thinking about it, and it's like Kill Whitney Dead obviously pops in my head. Yeah, but and that I'm wondering obviously if, down the road. Uh, but, I mean, I'm wondering if that had some sort of influence. Like, because I love when, I mean, I still, I'm sure you do, hear fucking watch a movie or whatever and we're like oh shit that's a great line yeah or when you you hear a sample in a song from a movie and you want to find and then you're watching the movie and you don't know that it's from that movie and then you hear it and it dawns on you and you're like oh shit that happened to me with platoon yeah i've done that with that with platoon also but i've done that with uh movies and also like songs too where you'll hear like an old soul sample or the original old soul song and then you're like oh shit that's a like the most recent one i remember hearing was a tribe called quest go ahead in the rain uh-huh. is uh the song that they sampled was by slade and i remember is it slade or slave i can't remember one of the two but i remember hearing it and it's like an unmistakable sound and you're like it just like clicks with you like you know exactly where it came yeah. from or you're like, where did I? Where do I know this? Where do I know this? And then eventually it hits you. Yeah, I want to say RZA though was the first one I can think of to put sample movie samples into the fucking music like that. Especially kung fu. Yeah, oh, like definitely. Low budget kung fu too. It was. And then with the low budget sounding beats, it's just fucking magic, dude. It's pure fucking like platinum, you know. So. Obviously, you sit on the 36 side, yep. I sit on the forever side. Pitch to me why you think 36 is better. Like a real quick summary, I just think it's from front to back, it's more, it flows better. It tells a, it's like, it's like banger after banger for one. It doesn't, and it seems like it has a theme to it where in forever, it bounces around a lot, man. I think I feel like it, the like the, the sound or the lyrical content. Uh, the sound. Okay. Not the lyric. Not the lyrical content, but the sound is definitely less coherent on forever. That being said, that makes forever also kind of cool. But it's just I th- in this case man it's like this album was on my like top 5 most influential on my life you know mm. so i mean that's just where it's it's the first one i heard that being said i think it's very unfair that on like spotify apple music streaming services that most people only hear 36 and they don't hear anything else and i think that's kind of unfair i don't know I mean, or if they do hear forever, it's just triumph. Yeah, exactly. Because I know that's like the one of their way up there. Tracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like cream, protect your neck, maybe Method Man, then triumph or something like something that. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But so I know, 
Like, I get what you're saying with that. And I think a lot of why people like 36 Chambers more is because that was most people's introduction to Wu-Tang. Right, right. And a lot of times your introduction to a group sticks with you as whether it was the best thing or that's what, like, drew you to them. Right. And that was, in your mind, the best thing that they did. Or the nostalgia of it, just because you're like, oh, I remember when this came out or I remember hearing this for the first time or whatever. And I get that, and I, like, I can level with that and agree with that. And I will say that the artwork and everything for 36 is definitely better. Like, the cover for Forever is cool, but it's kind of just bland. Yeah, where they were standing under. Yeah, it's just them under the Wu-Tang Globe thing. But I think that 36 had all their hit songs, basically. Well, it's like they... It goes, like, to the whole... On 36, they're hungry as fuck. And they gotta put, like, at that time, the best shit that they can put out. And RZA had them battling over these spots. Which... Yeah, they he you have like battling for yeah. who had the microphone at the time. To so see. you see who's on there more is like Ghost Ray. Yeah, um, I know um, you got is on there like the least. Yeah, he's but on he there. also didn't join into the group till like later on. Right, and and he is all over forever. Yeah, but I know that they did that because the RZA only had well he made everybody pitch in a certain amount. For studio time when they were doing 36. Yeah, it was 100 bucks. Yeah. And some people apparently paid in quarters. <laughs> That's what they said. But the studio was so small that they could only fit eight people in there. Oh. So then they had them battle it out to see who got what on the tracks. And that's yeah, how, yeah. like, that song that's on Takao, Meth vs. Chef, mm-hmm. was supposed to be on 36 Chambers, but it didn't make it to the cut. Yeah, that's but crazy. that was just them two battling it out. And Griselda did that too with their What Would Sheen Gun Do album. They just they didn't go into it written. They went in there with Derringer had the beats made. They went into the studio for three days and, and just battled, it, battled out. it out kinda and like played off of each other. Yeah, that's dope. Which I thought made it very reminiscent of that time in New York and that sound and that style of like dirty, gritty, competitive street right. rap which I think kind of drove Griselda to what they are now because they're, in the past five, six years, they've They've blown blown up up. Fuck yeah. Another thing, too, that I remember is Forever was, like, promoted as... I I don't think any album could have lived up to the expectations that was put on Wu-Tang Forever because that was so anticipated and the build for it was fucking huge. And then... I mean, look at the catalog leading into right. that. And then they put Triumphs, the lead video that came out. That single came out before the album, right? So that's what you see. Yeah. And then, and here. And that's like, not there's nothing else on there that sounds like that. Or has, you know, like, I mean, I guess that's my my one complaint with Forever is that there's too much. It's too long. Like, there's too it much. Very, it yeah, could have been could have been two albums, I think. Yeah. Or even, like, if they did a part one, part two. I don't know if that's kind of cheesy, too, but I also think... Uh, it's 27 songs, one hour, yeah, 53 minutes. two hours. And then 36 is 15 songs, one hour, 11 minutes. Yeah, dude, it's a way shorter. 
No, I think for like... And I think that's another thing that kind of draws more people to 36 because it you'll have more people that can sit down and listen to an hour's worth of music versus two hours worth of music. Well, that's what I was going to say is people like us will we'll listen to whatever for how long. And as you know, the further into the future we go, people's attention spans seem to be less and less. Yeah, it dips off to where... They might not even be playing 36 chambers from front to back all the way through. It's just they're picking out five Uh songs and then going to the next, which is, that is what it is. I mean, everybody listens differently, but. The Mystery of Chessboxing used to be my favorite song. But, like, I'm looking at the the, um, order of songs, and even that is just fucking perfect, man. And the sound for it did, it was gritty because of the cheap equipment, and it did give... Riza kind of his signature sound. I mean, it was definitely groundbreaking and influential, but I think that so it was four years in between where they released Forever and Riza produced five solo albums in between there. There was uh, Method Man's To Cal, which was the first solo, and then Return to 36 Chambers, ODB, Only Built for Cuban Links, Liquid Swords, and Iron Man. And then I think by the time that they... I forgot to ask you this earlier, and I'm sorry. What about Gravediggers? Can we include that? As a RZA project? That was mostly Prince Paul. Yeah, that's true. He did all the production and everything on there. But yeah, you can include it as a RZA project. Like, if I were to ask you your top favorite solo, like, Wu-Tang projects, right? you can still include it, I would say. Okay. That's what I was wondering. Because even if you wanted to get, like, real technical, you could go into, like, Shaheem and, yeah, like, the yeah. Wu Child and all that stuff and the Wu Syndicate and all the affiliates. Oh, God, we'll have to save that for another episode. But that's, like, a whole another yeah, thing. another episode. There was a time when when I worked nights we'll in a Brave, warehouse. We'll leave Grave Diggers out of this okay. because it, I, it was not produced by RZA. Yeah, Prince Paul did Prince all the Paul production it, on it. Yeah. But it, um, anybody who's not heard that shit... You need to hear it. It's fucking awesome, gritty, yeah, evil. There was a time when I worked midnights. It's fun. I went through every Wu Tang album, every member's Wu Tang solo album, every affiliate album. It took me, it took me a month. I'm pretty sure. God damn. To get through it all, like, cause I would just do it while I was working. Like it was just me that worked. Oh, when you were in like that Pepsi warehouse. I was in. Uh, the freezer at fucking Schwann's. Oh, okay. It was just me and one other dude, and we both didn't really talk to each other a whole lot. Like, we just Mm -hmm. had our headphones in and, like, had our rhythm down and did our shit, but I would go on, like, tangents where I'm like, well, I'm gonna listen to every fucking thing Wu-Tang's done or everything that, uh, like, Gangstar did or what just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. All these, like, things that I would just deep dive into because I had all that time to, and... It was a fucking chore. Like, there's oh, a bet. lot of solo material. And, like, you got nine members, arguably ten members with Capadonna that had multiple solo oh, projects. And then all the fucking guest spots they've done. Yeah, and then all the affiliates Holy and everything. Fuck. And, yeah, it's just wild. Like, it was a definitely a task. But I wanted to be able to say that I've heard every fucking Wu-Tang track. Yeah, I gotcha. So... And, yeah, there's some, like, Ghostface Killer was hard to get through because he has, like, fucking 30 solo albums. And some of them are not that good. And that 
kind of pains yeah, me to uh-huh. say because I absolutely love Ghostface. He's I, one of my favorite rappers of all time. I think the same thing can be said about Raekwon too, though. It's like he's got a couple of fucking banging albums, and then the rest are kind of... Yeah, but I think the point I was trying to make here was with RZA producing those albums in between forever, mm-hmm. I think that the the group as a whole and RZA as a producer had time to just get comfortable with their craft mm-hmm. and what they were doing. Like, And at this point, Wu-Tang was at like the pinnacle of their career, like on top of the world. Like there was nothing bigger at the time. Like anybody that was into hip hop, East Coast, West Coast, North, South, whatever, was talking about Wu-Tang. Well, and the cool thing about Wu-Tang too is it's never got involved in any of that, any of that East Coast, West Coast bullshit at yeah, the time. The, they the were just drama. like, yeah, yeah they just did what they wanted Staten to do. Staten Island, fuck all y'all motherfuckers, I don't know. But it was I all think about with, the fucking craft, you know? Yeah. I think with all that time that they had to do all of that to hone in their craft, and then by the time Forever was recorded and come out, I mean, the lyricism alone, even if you don't even look at the beats, the lyricism alone on that album is, like, next level. It's If you actually break it down and read it, like oh, the yeah, amount sure. of different words that they use and just the amount that it allowed each member that wasn't Method Man, Raekwon, or Ghostface, or ODB to shine, because mm-hmm. I feel like 36 kind of didn't... There was so many people in such a small space that it was hard to let everybody have, like, a running time. And that's of, that's my... Yeah, what, you're, what you like about it is what I think is a negatory about it. See, I thought that was great, because I'm like, I love Inspector Deck. I think he's oh, I fucking incredibly love underrated. I agree. I'm like, even now, like he's doing Zarface and shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, Don't get me wrong, I fucking love Deck, but you got Master Killer. They're like, they're the weaker of the fucking bunch. Capadonna, I think, is underrated. Yep. Uh, Capadonna's fucking good as shit, but I don't know. That's kind of how I feel about it. Now, like you were saying about honing his craft, Rizza honing his craft on all of those fucking solo albums, kind of used up the whole fucking. Dirty, grimy, kung fu. And he didn't really do much of that in forever. Right. There was no, no, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like if you listen to all those other solo albums, it's all, it's throughout the whole, all of them, you know? And then, yeah, it's kind of like cut off at uh, forever. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, there is still like a a dirty, gritty element to it, obviously. Oh, yeah, definitely. It definitely paints a very East Coast, New York feeling, but. It was, I think he had a lot more money to deal with at the time. Better studios, better equipment. Oh, yeah, everything. And in a way, like, yeah, I could see how that could deter from the first album because it was, that was, like, what made it so special was they just made it from what they had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think, like, production-wise, Forever kind of started to move into the more boom bap sound Uh than the dirty gritty underground sound and i don't know if that threw people off to where they didn't like it as much and didn't listen to the whole thing or was it the length or what but i will say that forever outsold 36 i believe it because i bet the opening sales for that were through the fucking roof yeah like i said that got so much fucking hype, dude. Yeah. It was, uh, I think opening week was 619,000 units Yeah, that's or a lot back then. But, 
I mean, they had marketing behind them at the time. They had time to establish themselves all as yeah. artists, as a group, and individually. So there was a lot more people that had caught on when as like where 36 came out it was it was that slow like, and also midnight marauders came out the same day as 36 so like you had people that were probably like ah oh, do i get this yeah, or do i yeah, get this yeah. i don't know if the the two affected each other really but it, Tri- uh, yeah tribe would have fucking outsold them by tenfold at that time yeah and so 36 is three times platinum in america and I believe plat yeah platinum in the UK and then also Australia and then in America forever was four times platinum. Crazy. But that goes back to like when we did that marketing episode. Uh-huh. It's a double disc album. Yeah. Forever wasn't, or I mean, thirty six wasn't. Right. So that also changes the sales figures a little bit. And this uh, another thing, the forever disc is an enhanced disc. That was always cool. Yep. You could fucking do you weird could shit. Go, if I remember right, you can put the enhanced CD in and you get like a virtual tour of yeah. the old mansion, it's, I think. It's pretty uh, pretty 97-like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done it in a long time, no. but I remember, I think I have the enhanced CD version of it too. It's The other thing about Forever is a lot of people say they put the first fucking, they'd switch the first disc with the second. And I don't. I wouldn't do that, but I would. I don't know the track listing. I would change up a little bit. I always thought it was weird that they started off with the like what you would think of as the intro, but on the second disc. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, yeah. Where he's like, well, it's literally called intro on the second disc. Well, I know, but it's like you think that all that bullshit. Like I would have went. Where like Riz's talking would have been, shit yeah, about would have been everybody, like, like intro, yeah. and then and then reunited. reunited, then triumph. Yep, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, I don't know why that was like that. I also tried to find something, but at the same time, like the the Woo Revolution track makes sense to have. No, that does too. As because at that time, I mean, it was literally like Wu Tang was everywhere. And, I mean, I was young in 97, obviously, but I'm just saying this from somebody who studied this shit. Like, Wu-Tang was everywhere at the time. You couldn't, like, clothes, merchandise, CDs. Like I said, my every, fucking little white ass was album. buying that shit up here in Alpena, so yeah. they were fucking huge. Yeah, and imagine, like, across the, even across the world, fuck the country. Like, the whole world was tapped into that shit. RZA, I believe, ended up breaking up Wu-Tang into, like, third... I might even have been 36 different companies. Like, all Wu-Tang relate, you know. Yeah, Wu-Tang I know they had, like... Wu-Tang production, Wu-Tang, wear Wu fucking whatever, yeah. They had insurance and, like, uh, all this other stuff. He was a smart businessman, though. Yeah, he's fucking still raking in. And I think that... Bong, bong. Him, as a producer... I don't want to say he doesn't get enough credit, because he does get his credit, but to go and produce... Countless amount of classic records just under the group is impressive on its own. But for him to go off and produce all of the solo members' albums and then cater it to their sound, their flow, their cadence, their everything is another whole feat on its own. Just to, yeah, like you got to tailor to everybody's focus. sound and like you got to know how they're gonna pronounce shit how they're gonna ride a beat how they're gonna carry out their flow how they like there's a lot to it that 
I don't think he gets recognized for. I think he's like you just said, he's starting to. And he had I think he has been for the last few years, but it's a long time coming. Yeah, 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 it's like way past uh-huh. overdue. And because I mean, you had other huge producers that were doing shit before RZA and that were making big records. Like Pete Rock was doing yeah. stuff way early on, but he wasn't taking nine members from his group no. and producing all of their albums Fuck on no. the side. And they were like the first hip hop group to run multi label deals. Yeah, which the first, only, and last. Because after they did that, the fucking music industry was like, never again. Yeah, yeah. So. But I I don't know. I just, I've always leaned towards Forever just because it has some more of my favorite tracks on it. Right, like, right. Like, obviously, Triumph's great. But, like, tracks like Bells of War and Hell's Windstaff and Little Ghetto Boys and all that stuff. Like, the, the whole second disc is fucking phenomenal oh, I know, in dude. that record. Duck Seasons, the fucking shit. Duck Season. I don't even, that doesn't even have a fucking chorus in it. No, there was a lot of songs on there that didn't, though, which yeah, is... Yeah, it's cool. I like that. Like, I want nine top-level MCs just bouncing off of each other. Like, I don't need an R&B hook or a chorus or anything. Like, just give me lyrical wordplay that they're... And I think that's other. another thing that hurts, that hurts forever in the grand in the music world of things, not in the hip hop world, but in like the pop world as compared to Thirty Six, is there's no fucking sing-alongs on Forever. Yeah, but there's like a bunch of sing-alongs on the first one. You know what I mean? As high as Wu Tang get, you can sing along to that. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Clan in the front, yeah. dude. Protect all that shit. Cash rules. I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah, Method Man. Yeah, especially like fucking. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely simple. Oh, dude, that's a good point. Yeah, it is. It is definitely a lot less. So I'm thinking maybe that that might hurt it in the um in that sense of like being more accessible to the um non hip hop everyday person. I guess I don't know. Yeah, like nowadays, but on a lyrical side of things. Oh, you can, they've fucking leaps and bounds far as they're on forever. And it's like you said earlier, they had all that time to hone their shit. What do you think? What's your favorite order of like solo albums in between them? Um, in order? Yeah, like five, or you can go from top to bottom. And they can all. I do have one question before I start Uh this. So is, does Method Man and Red Man's Blackout count as a solo album? No. Fuck. All right, so I would say... And that came out after Forever, didn't it? Yeah, but I was just listing solo albums in general. Oh, I'm saying only between... Only between? Yeah. Okay, so Otherwise out of, we could out be of those five... Yeah, put them in order, and then I'll tell you mine. Um, I'll have to write them down. Only Built for Cuban Links, Liquid Swords, Iron Man, Tikal, and then Return to 36. Almost the same. And, just for the record... Method Man is hands down my favorite rapper of all time. Oh, okay. I like, I think, uh, I don't know, man, his gritty voice, like I could listen to the dude just rhyme the newspaper and I think it would sound good. Oh, dude, that's smooth as fuck, Just like such a smooth flow. Hell yeah. But he's witty, he's funny, but he's also like deadly lyrically and... He's just always been one of my favorite rappers. That being said, though, like Raekwon and Ghostface are 
really high up there also. Yeah, Ghostface is probably probably mine. He's all just, the way Ghostface up. is just so arrogant, which I love. Like But that being said, on my list is I went only built for Cuban links, then Iron Man, then Liquid Swords, then Return, then Tikal. And that's and that that's kinda like saying the same thing with thirty six and forever. Like none of those albums are bad. Yeah. I just feel that I do have a hot take on Return to 36, though. I think that is one of my lower overall solo albums. Really? That, like, I really don't care for it. Like, it's good, but it's like, as far as me picking it up and going to listen to it... Not your jam. Almost never. No, I I like it. I mean, I like the... the um, Because it's... ODB has such a fucking unique style. You, yeah, like same, I've always same called reason it like the, I like Buster Rhymes is like yeah. nothing else sounds like him. I've always called it like the Bo Raichu style. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, the yeah. Drunken yeah. Master. Yeah. But I will say Buster Rhymes originated that shit. Definitely. That was not ODB. Definitely. Buster Rhymes was doing that in Leaders of the New School when he was like 15 years yeah. old. That's why I said that shit, motherfucker. <laughs> but anyway, and I put, and the only reason I put T'Kal at the bottom was because I... <laughs> I think I don't think that one sounds as much like Method Man on Wu Tang. Yeah, yeah. like around thirty six. Like the rest of them kind of all fit in that yep. profile. No, I know exactly what you mean because I, it's a great album, but it's definitely got its it's like, the black, it's like the black child out of the fucking yeah. out of those. And it kind of I don't want to say it went in a more poppy direction, but it did a little bit. That Mary J. Blige song on yeah. there. But I do know that he did not almost, he like, he didn't really want to do that song. Yeah, right. In fear of being called going pop, uh-huh. which I can respect. But that's probably one of his highest selling songs of all time. And it's a fucking bitchin' and song. It's, yeah, it's a great song, but I know that he was skeptical about putting it out. Yeah, I pre- yeah, dude. I don't blame him there. Because you had this, like, dirty, grimy street rap reputation to live up to. And then you're... Talking about love Talking about shit. love. Which is uh, kind of dumb, though, that he, you have to question it because, like, what, people can't love? Like, right. I don't know. But time, area, place, whatever, like, everything factors into that. But Well, um, I got to Cal 2000 in eighth grade. I traded it. To a kid, I don't remember what I gave him, but so and I, I know love, a lot. I of, love that record. Yeah, dude, and a lot oh, of wait, people. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry, Tikal 2000 sucks. Yeah, you're talking about Tikal the prequel. Oh, okay, that's the one. Now a lot of that. people say that Judgment you're Day. You're talking about sucks. Judgment Day, right? Yeah, yeah. I, there's I didn't a couple like it, dude. of now overall record, and that hurts me to say because I love Method Man, it's but not, I just thought it was. It did not sound like him. It's too bulky. It's just. But His there's three tracks sounded, on there that are fucking bangers, dude. I'm not saying it doesn't have some good songs, but overall as an album, like it, that is bottom of the barrel for Method Man. And I think even he said that. Like he oh, was like fucking, he was like, dude, I was fucked up on PCP or some shit yeah, when I was fucking, writing that. Like it's crazy. It's uh it just sounds different. Like it does not sound like Method Man to me. It doesn't have the his like dirty gritty voice. It sounds more I don't, like I don't he's know. high. Not even that. It's just his voice sounds different. Like I don't know if it was the production or what or what. Now they you did mentioned it, Method Man, Red Man, Blackout. I remember buying that from Camelot because I could fucking afford it. Yeah. You know, because it was like twenty and not fifty, and that's a 
that's a pretty fucking track by track. That's pretty much everything is good on that fucking album. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because I think they... They're like two, the best combo. Yeah, those two together have like a, one of the best duos in hip-hop. They're just Because uh, their sense of humor is like pretty identical. And the way they play yeah. off of each other is like... I, I just love the fucking the wittiness in between the record. On the Saga Continues, that the Wu-Tang album, is that the latest one out? Mm, yeah, Saga Continues. Would Red be. Man is like Red Man's a Wu member on that in that fucking thing. Yep. I mean, I thought that's. I think that's pretty cool. I know he's been called like the unspoken yeah. member, which I mean, he kind of is. Like he because like yeah, he fucking him and Method. It's like Meth and Red fucking. They just they're like the perfect accompany accompaniment for each other. Yeah, motherfuckers like sound good together. Peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. Or Beavis and Butthead. So how many people do you think have listened to Forever all the way through? Like front to back, sitting down, just digested the whole thing? Besides you and I? Yeah. Fucking not that many. No, I mean, honestly, though, I'm sure... Like even like hardcore Wu-Tang fans. Do you think that that some of them, they just get so hung up on 36 that they dismiss forever a little at least like i'm sure they'd listen to tracks off it but how many have digested the whole thing like how many people can and i don't need an exact number or anything right i'm just saying like i don't think on average i don't think most people have no like how many people could like uh, okay 36 chambers you can name fucking songs Uh, people can do it like no problem but like you said before this aside from triumph what the fuck maybe they know one more on there right but they don't know the names of anything else. And then we were talking how going, taking that further and going past forever, yeah. going to the W album and then Iron like Flag. Iron Flag and A Better Tomorrow and on and on. How many people have listened to all that? Yeah, there's a lot. I, yeah, there's a lot of fucking people that are like, I fucking love Wu Tang, and then what? They made more than fucking one album, yeah. you know? <clears throat> but people yeah, they, are they people. More than one album. Um, I, fu- I swear I to God, like, I've heard that. If you, there's a point on Forever. I don't remember if it was the. I believe it is the outro on the second or the closing. It's called. Mm-hmm. But I could be wrong, so don't quote me on oh, that. But there's a part where RZA's in there talking about how he's releasing the next millennium of Wu Tang. Yeah, yeah. The W album coming out in 2000. So, like, he already had it planned in 1997 to release this next record. And to me, I I thought The W was great. I love that album. I think it's, I don't think it's up there with 36 and forever, but I thought overall it was I don't know The W well enough to actually speak on it, to be honest with you. See, that one I've listened to quite a bit, actually. Because they, I don't know what they did with ODB's voice on there. But they like made it distorted. And I don't know if maybe it was just him and his condition at maybe the time. That's what turned me off about it originally. I, I liked his distorted sounding voice and like hollow bones and that stuff, like all across that. And then I think there was like Protect Your Neck Part Two or something, or the Jump Off Part Two. I don't remember what it was called, but that Iron track flag, was great. Like. Iron Flag was really good. Better okay. Tomorrow was kind of. <clears throat> it's hit and miss. Yeah. But I mean, you got to think like that's. X amount of years into their career. Yeah, dude. 
a hundred fucking <clears throat> solo albums later. I actually think the latest album right now is fucking way better than A Better Tomorrow. The uh, the saga continues. Yeah. But that's like a lot of um, like Master Killer, You God, like B, sh- you know, I don't want, they're not like B shelf people. That's not the right way to put it. Steve and I were talking about B-rate people before, but, like... They're just... It's hard to... When you had so many superstars uh, in a group, like, you can't all well, be... There's so... Yeah, there's so many fucking associated... You can't all be upper echelon. Yeah, like, like, mathematics is all over it. Like, he produced the whole fucking thing, not Rissa. Yeah. You know, like, that kind of thing. But mathematics, uh, rightfully so, forever. should be on there, mm-hmm. man. He designed the fucking Wu-Tang logo. Yep. Little, uh, hidden fact. And Capadonna's on there quite a bit, yeah, too. Yeah, Cap's on there a lot, which, like we were saying be. before, he's fucking the shit. Actually, on Decal 2000, the track Sweet Love with Meth and Cap on it, that's, like, my favorite track off that record. And uh, you're talking about love on the other one. This one's all about fucking picking up skanks. It's funny. So how do you think Wu-Tang aged from their early material into their later career. I think they aged good, honestly. I, I mean, mean everybody's still, still putting shit out. Yeah. Um I think it's funny that Method Man is now is more known as an actor than a rapper. A rapper, yeah. Well, I mean that happened to Ice T too. Yeah, that's like, true. More people know him as a dude on Law and Order than the guy that fucking sang six in the morning and colors and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the pusher man and all that, but yeah, I don't. I seen I think this thing good. where a couple people I don't remember their names, Lil Dirk and Lil Baby or somebody along the lines of that, had to cancel a lot of their shows because they weren't selling enough tickets. Really? Whereas like Wu Tang and Nas and all these people are doing touring and uh, even Havoc and Mob Deep still touring a little bit. Like they're selling out every fucking show that they do. Well, it's just Havoc. Yeah, it's just Havoc. Hmm. By the way, I'm almost done with that book. Like, literally, I think I have, like, 15 pages left. Uh, right on. I should have just brought it and finished it. I didn't know. That's <laughs> uh, cool. But I think they age well. Like, they're still relevant. And I think oh, the... Oh, most definitely. The statement Wu-Tang Forever, I think, very much reigns supreme. Like, you can buy a Wu-Tang shirt at Walmart. Yep. And, like, go back to 1993 and think about where, especially, like, where we're at in Alpena, in exactly. northern Michigan, in the fucking, the sort of boonies. Like, the fact that you can go to a store and pick up Wu-Tang merchandise is fucking insane. It is. It's fucking nuts. Because at the time of that coming out, like, hip-hop was still fairly young. And, I mean, it was 20-plus years, but, like, it was still fairly young. And... It was not widely accepted, especially no. up here. And and right, like you said it, dude, that's like 92. So you have a lot of West Coast gangster rap. So everybody's opinion of rap isn't even like hip-hop. It's like, oh, they're talking about killing cops. Oh, they're, they're, they're talking about selling the dope. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, they're yeah, dark skinned. Holy fuck. You know, people. <laughs> everybody had their just impression. insane around here. Yeah. yeah. Holy fuck, our kids are sagging their pants. Yeah. But, I don't know, man. I think that they aged very well. Like I said, RZA, he's fucking done so much for himself. All of those dudes really seem to 
You know, I mean, they all have their own business adventures that they've done. Like Method Man is, he runs a fitness company. He's got pre-workouts and protein powders and all this stuff. He's got his own strain of weed. Um, I'm pretty sure Raekwon's got his own weed, too. And, I mean, they've all, like, made fucking acting debuts, whether it was a cameo or a major leading role. I think Old Dirty makes more money now than ever. Oh, yeah. And his kid, like, taking over for him. Yeah. And then there's a group, too, called Woo Children, I think. I think it was Woo Children. I want to say it's... There's only a couple of tracks or something out. it's Method Man's kid, Raekwon's kid, and... Ghostface's kid, maybe, or something. I don't remember who else's it kid might it was. Maybe Jizza's kid. Maybe Jizza, but I know it was three from Wu Tang, yeah, their yeah. children, which is cool. And I think um, that Wu Massacre album that they did that was oh Meth- yeah yeah Method Man, Raekwon, and uh, Jizza, or yeah. I mean uh, Ghostface. That was fucking dope. That's I love that whole record. Yeah, I didn't. Um, I kind of just stuck to these ones. What's the um the meth lab? I was unsure about. And you were like, that was a good one. Yeah, that I thought was cool because Method Man kind of rhymes over some beats that he wouldn't normally. Yeah, yeah, it's go funky. on, but he still did a phenomenal job, which shows his versatility as a rapper. Like if you can put him on a beat from 1980 yeah. and he still kills it, and you put him on a beat from 2020 and he's still doing it. Not many people can do that. Like, you have your niche that you kind of fit into, and people don't really venture right. out. Like, they're like, that ain't my sound. Like, I don't, you know, I don't want to have a Grandmaster Flash beat. I don't <laughs> sound like that. Or yeah, yeah. I don't want to have a Juicy J beat. I don't sound like that. And, like, he can kind of get on anything and just ride it out and do it. I think that's uh, but a power that of was, him, you know? Of, like, all those guys can yeah, pretty much... That's what I was about to say. Like, the power of them as a group all together. Like, it's like fucking... Uh, what was that thing in Power Rangers when they all formed together? The Megazord? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they say that in a fucking... In a line, you know, where we form Voltron. Yeah, we form Voltron. Yeah. But it's true. Like, because you have... I mean, and look at Raekwon, too. Like, Raekwon, like, was one of the is one of the best storytellers in hip-hop. Like, Only Built for Cuban Links is known for being an that, incredibly cinematic that's why, record. Yeah, that's why it's at the top of my shit. And there were so many people that tried to sound or were inspired by Raekwon's flow and his the way he could paint a picture that way. I think that's another thing with using him and Ghost. Their voices are so much different, and their styles that they just... Peanut butter and jelly, man. Yeah. It is hard to decipher between the two. And I knew when I did that poll on Instagram that it would lean one way just strictly because 36 is more recognizable. It's more, uh, I don't want to say influential, but it's more like it's a household name almost. Right. Where like, yeah, Forever was also very well known. But when you think Wu-Tang, you immediately think 36. But I've talked to some people that think Forever sucks, which really? I which I do not understand because if you like the first, aside from the change in beats, like lyrically, how are you not gonna follow on to the second? Like, because if anything, they only improved. Yeah, dude, I'd have. Uh, that's fucking weird. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I got nothing on that. It doesn't <laughs> suck at all. Yeah. Um. But I think that some people. 
it's like sports teams like you can't love both like you uh you, some people have that mentality where they're like i gotta love one or the other like it's either the fucking the lions or the vikings or like the it's, fucking or, beatles or whatever or the or the, yeah beatles or the stones or um nwa or fucking ice cube solo i don't know like <laughs> yeah no you can't like easy and you can't like yeah, they like that. you can't like both like the fuck you can't you could like all that shit like why not i got something about what Rizza said about Ghostface on a song on Forever, on the song Impossible, Rizza said that's the greatest verse Wu-Tang has ever written, apparently. Yeah, I read that. Did you? Yeah, that's crazy. I found this fucking 20-fact thing or whatever. Oh, yeah. I think I read that same thing, actually. Yeah, I'm sure. Where, uh, it's pretty cool. But I do like, like I don't want to get too crazy into all the the theories and the meanings behind the title and whatnot, uh-huh. but, like, the title 36 Chambers itself and, like, all of the stuff with uh, Kung Fu and pressure mm-hmm. points and all that stuff that it represents and all the little intricacies of numbers for the, um, what the hell is that fucking study called? The Supreme Mathematics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah all that stuff that kind of ties into the the numbering and everything. Oh, uh, yeah, it that, all does. Yeah. I think that's really cool. With like, yeah, coming out in 97 and I'm, I don't want to get into all that because I'm not an expert on it as far yeah, that's as why the mathematic did, thing goes, but it, it... I remember how it breaks down. It's meticulous. Yeah, and it all equals out to 36. Yeah, it's fucking which is weird. fucking crazy. So anybody listening, if you get bored one day, like look into the supreme mathematics of 36 chambers. And, and also watch the movie... 36 chambers it'll uh it'll give you an interesting take on the 36 chambers fucking album because there's not supposed to be one did you watch the of mikes and men documentary thing when it came out yeah 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 yeah. you've seen the wu-tang show right just um maybe like the first three episodes on hulu i've still i've still never watched it's it. not it's i don't i don't know there's nothing I think in it's there really, I don't. I think it's like, really cool that the albums have, tell me what I need to know. I right. guess it's cool that they have like other current rappers playing. Yeah, them yeah, there, yeah. Because all of those guys were obviously influenced by Wu Tang in one way or another, and I'm sure it's like a big honor for them oh, to be able yeah. to play somebody that they idolize like that. But honestly, now I can't see anybody that calls themselves like an MC or a lyricist who isn't in some way influenced by the wu-tang yeah no, no matter what album it is you know what i'm saying it doesn't even matter or even if it wasn't a wu-tang album and you were influenced by raekwon or ghostface yeah. or jizza or any it's of all those guys like, back. so we kind of debated on which is which we like and why mm-hmm. we like it more um going past that a little bit if you had to pick solo albums that came out past forever uh-huh. Or could add solo albums that came out past forever? Would your list of five be different? Yes, I would probably take out like well, take out Tikal and put in Supreme Clientele. Cause that's really fucking good. I'd probably take out, and that's hard. <laughs> that's why I asked. That's about it. But I'd want to put in. Inspected Deck's first album because I think that's so fucking underrated, dude. And I was so pumped when they did that for uh, 
Final Me Please. Yeah, that is a, another really great record. Um, I think RZA's Bobby Digital is... I would swap oh, that. Oh, yeah, dude, Bobby Digital. I would swap badass. that for Tikal and My Five. Um, for sure. I just... I really like RZA the way he... There's nobody else that sounds like him. I mean, there's nobody else really that sounds like Methavan either. Right. Like, RZA enunciates certain words in a way that only his accent does. And I've never heard anybody else, like, sound like that, which I always thought was really dope. And he just has, like, a an interesting perspective into his music, I guess. Like, yeah, some, yeah, of, yeah. some of the stuff that he's done down the road, I've been kind of like, eh, it wasn't quite my thing or didn't, like, click right. But, I mean, like, Bobby Digital and even the second one, the Digi Snacks yeah. that he did were both fucking great. And Yeah, I like how it's a whole, like, story and a whole nother fucking... Yeah, but he takes on, like, a different persona. Yeah, it's like a whole nother universe. He's not shit. even RZA on that album. Yeah. Like, he's Bobby Digital on that album. And that's cool to me, because you don't see a ton of rappers take on that persona like that. Like, no. And I assume that definitely had a, a big influence on, like, MF Doom going into oh yeah all those kind of dudes like and i mean he was around still at the time but yeah it was definitely like not many people took on a persona and then ran with it like for their career like that no fuck no and riz is just incredibly intelligent like outside of his beat making and all that stuff like he's a a film director he's been in some huge oh yeah he's doing fucking soundtracks now like soundtracks he's writing books and just listening to him talk in general, like, he's an incredibly intelligent individual. And he's very, like, you can tell he definitely very, like, studies hard into the things that he's oh, into. Because he's, yeah, he's incredibly total smart nerd. in that shit. But they did that, like, the verses in the beginning of COVID with him and DJ Premier. Yeah. And that was dope because they just both have, like, countless amounts of hits. Like, that's tight. The only thing that sucked about it was the sound kept kind of screwing up because they were doing it from their houses. Oh, because of the COVID shit. Yeah, and they didn't have Versus TV yet. Like, that was, like, the first Versus, really, that I remember seeing. It was early on. Dirty Second Album is good, too. I mean, I like it. Oh, yeah, yeah. That one I like more than Return to 36. I think I do, too. It's more of a... uh... Now I will Party say fucking disc. the artwork and shit on thirty six with him taking his girlfriend's bridge card and like oh, yeah, his yeah, picture yeah. on it. I loved it. It was genius. But I just didn't like that album as much. And it was I don't know, he just he's like a bull in a china shop on a beat in that record. Like he just fucking jumps in there and just kicks around and does a bunch yeah, of crazy shit. Like up. there's no and I, Rhyme I mean that, I mean that in like a an endearing way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it just kind of, I don't know. It deterred me thing. a little bit from the record, and I just don't listen to that record that often. That being said, it is still a great, a great album. I think that's it. Oh, um, this is totally out of uh, left field, but uh-huh. I wanted to bring this up in the beginning, and I just remembered it because I just got a notification on my phone. But I don't know if you've seen this video where. Uh, a fan threw some water at Cardi B at a concert recently. No. <laughs> Cardi B fucking whipped her microphone at the fan. Uh-huh. So the guy that owns the company that 
set up the equipment for the shows is auctioning the microphone off on mm-hmm. eBay. And he it's at like $101,000 right now, I think. But the proceeds for it go fully to charity or whatever. But you can see it's at 99900 Holy shit. There's 122 bids on it. But you can see in the video where you're like, it doesn't show if it hits the chick, but she full-on fucking threw Whips that it. microphone. Like, there was no, like, eh, fucking yeah. bitch. Like, she fucking threw it. Like, damn. I was like, damn, dude, if that hits that girl, like, that's leaving a mark. Well, it sucks because, like, there's fucking cameras everywhere, man. You can't, like, she's yeah. gonna get sued up the yin-yang, yeah. dude. But I just thought, it was, I was like, man, that's fucking, girl goes hard. <laughs> like, Fuck! I, I just thought it was. I'll have to funny. check that out. I didn't see that. You'll see it somewhere. It's uh, yeah. She just hauls off and whips it. But I don't know. I thought that was fucking funny. And then when I seen it that it was being auctioned off, I was like, oh, that's fucking hilarious. But the guy's donating the money to like two different charities. He's not taking the money from it. It's fucking nuts. No, I've just been watching uh, and looking at pictures from this is hardcore and like. The place is fucking packed. Always is, but when they get, like, angles from above and you just, like, on Bain Central, they have, like, a couple of shots from up above. It just looks so gnarly. Yeah. Like a panic attack waiting to happen. So as a conclusion to the episode, I think amongst the two of them, depending on what magazine or article you're reading, they're both going to be in a top hip-hop list of all time yeah yeah for sure i Um, think 36 is gonna be there a little more often just because of again its impact and its initial like all the hits being there the the artwork it was the first uh first exposure of wu-tang type of thing it's like nas illmatic like you think Mm -hmm. nas you automatically go to illmatic or most people do i think i do at least i don't know if I think that, Everybody that else would is be on a that. fair assumption. But, I mean, even, uh, I guess you could say, like, with Tupac, a lot of people jump right to, like, fucking... All eyes on me. Yep. Or with... What else? I was just going to use another one, and he just bounced out of my head there for a sec. Oh, Biggie. Ready to die. Yeah, always ready to die. But it is really his best record. Oh, no, I totally only, agree. It's the only one that doesn't have P. Diddy fucking I, the whole I thing fuck, up. It, uh, yeah, no, I agree. And there's track for track. Like, that would be an easier versus to do because it would be like, okay, like, yeah, Life After Death is good, but there's a ton of filler songs on there to where you're like, oh, my God. I think the interludes are too long on it, all that kind of. There's too much fucking. Yeah. I know we're talking about the woo, but, yeah, there's there's way too much ditty bullshit in that Life After Death. And I think that, like, definitely deterred from the album. Yeah. There is a lot of interludes in Forever, though. But I think they all suit the album great. And they all transition into songs. Yeah, Diddy's not on any of them. Yeah, and and Diddy's not on them. But they all transition into songs that the intros make sense. Which they did before on the first album. Yeah. So it's not like they're doing some dumb shit. Yeah, it's not like they really uh, flipped the script too much on there. Right. I mean, like, overall, it's not like they came out with 36 and then became a pop group after that. Like... No, not they didn't, at all. They didn't go back to, like, RZA singing as, like, Prince Rakim, like, ooh, I love you, baby, and that shit that he was doing before Wu-Tang. It stayed the course. It's it is just... funny, though, that 
how many copies that forever has sold pretty much based on triumph yeah like that's pretty fucked up because that was the the leading single off the album you would think that there would have been like a couple more that trended as high as triumph did but i mean like i like reunited i'm surprised that one didn't but inspector's deck his intro verse in triumph is just like Oh, it's if just you fucking amazing. If dude. you didn't get like the the notion in the first album that deck was dope, mm-hmm. like as soon as Triumph comes on, you're like, oh shit, we underestimated this guy. Oh yeah, fuck yeah, dude. I I remember swinging through your town like your neighborhood Spider Man, and I was sold. Yeah, yeah. He was one of the first to really kick out comic book references yeah. in hip hop. Like there was, and then like yeah, now look at him. Yeah, now motherfucking like, czar face. They're selling shit like Bitch. they're selling their own comic books, action figures, all that stuff. I got a lunchbox. You got a lunchbox. Got a lunchbox, too. trading cards. Yep, yep. Uh, Wu Tang action, or I mean, Zarface action figures, all that. It's dope. But people listening, if you follow us on Instagram, um, once this episode's posted, I already did the poll, but comment and let us know which you like more. And why? Yeah, I want to know why. Because I'm just curious to know the why. Like, I know that most people's answers is going to be 36, but I want to know why it's 36. Not just, yeah, I like that one because it's the dopest or whatever right, whatever right. your reason is. Like, whether you heard it first, whether the sound resonates with you the most, or... It's got to be a reason. It, like, I want, I want the, the actual reason of why people like it more. I also, for me, when I listen to, and it's always been this way, when I listen to Enter the 36 Chambers, I feel like I'm in an alleyway where with forever I'm on the sidewalk in the daytime. Does that make sense? Like, Yeah, because 36 is a lot more gritty. I mean, it just, that's kind of how I always well, it's the, saw it in my head, I suppose. There's a line in there about pissy staircases. Yeah. And it's like, that's what I think of like it paints a like a new york project like definitely when you hear ray and shit yeah and <laughs> is he fucking dead what the fuck <laughs> you mean is he fucking dead all, all types of blood coming out yeah he's laying there like a newborn baby and shit <laughs> yeah but it definitely does paint uh, a uh, a vivid picture of new york but also, I mean, thirty or uh, forever does in its own way too, for sure. It just it oh, sounds. Oh yeah, but it's five years later too. I it mean, sounds New York more changed. polished, and yeah, like the environment changed. Yeah, it's more polished. And there. the lives of everybody on the album changed significantly too in that time. Oh fucking yeah! Like you could never, they could never have imagined that, you know. Yeah, nobody knew that they were just going to take over the whole world. Although I think RZA felt like it the whole time. Oh, I'm yeah. I just watched a thing with RZA and Sway, and they were on, like, the fucking serious station. But, I mean, I was watching it on YouTube, and it was Sway's channel, and there was a rap-off. And uh, it's just, like, RZA's the same old dude. Like, yeah, you know, he's being super cool to all these, like, hungry-ass... Like, all these dudes are, like, you know, if RZA fucking whipped his dick out, they would bend over. They wouldn't even be sucking on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and he's just like super normal, you know, like, or yeah. cool with him. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, bong bong, you know. But that, bong bong. That adds to like him as a person, though, and a mm-hmm. producer. Like, he just wants to hear sick ass fucking lyrics. Yeah, you know? it's like DJ Premier. Like, 
or LL Cool J or KRS-One or any of those guys. Yeah, like, they're you still don't, supporting. You don't, you don't owe any of these up-and-coming artists any type of anything whatsoever. Like, they owe you. But for you to extend your hand and be like, yo, this guy's dope, this guy's dope, like, this guy's doing shit that's really good, and, like, they're humble about it, that I love. Because they have no reason that they have to be, but they still choose to be because of the music itself. And, it, like, and, and they want it to continue to thrive. He, he believes in that karma and shit, too, you know? Yeah, that too. And it's like... Plus, like... Yeah, that's a good thing, I think. I mean, I believe in that shit. You go out and put good into the world, good's gonna come back, you know? And he's gotta know, like, tons of people look up to him as Fuck an artist. yeah, dude. So, like, that saying, never meet your heroes, because they're probably assholes. Yeah, like, it does dude, not I mean, apply you, to RZA, I hope. Like, do you really want to be, like, that guy that's like, oh, yeah, his music's dope, but he's a fucking dickhead. Like, it's like, uh... Like Ingve Malmsteen, people are always like, "Yeah, amazing guitar player, but he's a complete asshole." Yeah, like, you sucks. never hear anybody say anything different about him. And that does, man. That's and a that big becomes turn your off. legacy yeah. for the rest of your time in music. And then that's what you're known. There's as. a few like, bands you know, I I can't listen to anymore because like I was like, "Dude, this shit's so awesome." And then and this then is from a long time ago. Suck. Yeah, and then you're like fucking some little young kid or young fucking whatever like oh dude i fucking love your shit go eat fucking get out of my face motherfucker whatever it's like yeah. dude i just paid fucking eight dollars to see well it'd be like 25 dollars to see you i don't know uh, yeah i can't and it ruins the music for you even if it's good yep yeah because you feel like everything that he's saying in the music is bullshit bullshit doesn't it probably is yep and with the woo i've never heard anybody talk any kind of shit like that about any of those dudes no nah, like i see videos of method man meeting like the beastie boys and shit yeah, yeah. and like giving them their props and then like um he was at like jets football training camps the other day like just hanging out just hanging out talking to all the players Fucking like, ima- like having... i'm not even a football dude but can you imagine yeah. just having like that kind of like ability? But he was like signing somebody's jersey and like they were signing his it, shit. yeah that's fucking and he's gnarly. just like oh thank you so much and like just like being grateful and not being a fucking yeah overly conceited and math's the one that's like starstruck he's and the shit. star of the group that's what's like, funny he was arguably so he's the biggest out of all of them like he's had the most movie acting roles i would he's, say he's the most recognizable probably yeah and then he's maybe the star RZA. of the group and then yeah rizzo is the brains of the group well rizzo and jizzo but i mean rizzo as far as recognizable people be like meth Dirty's pretty recognizable, but he I don't want to count him because he's not around. So it's kind of just his yeah. face. His kid looks so much like him. But it's like crazy. RZA, he's been in a lot, like, a lot of TV movies. Yep. Anyway. I wonder how many people have like watched Californication and didn't know that like that was RZA. I, dude, I, his voice is so fucking distinctive. I don't know how you couldn't. <laughs> yeah, I guess if you just didn't know who he was. I mean, or at least be like, who's this guy? Like. Yep. Because he's fucking hilarious in that show, and I love it. Yep. But anyway, uh, I'm pretty much wrapped up here. I got a bunch of shit to do, so. I'm wrapped up. My old lady's hitting me up like, yo, what are we eating? <laughs> but yeah, definitely let us know in the comments uh, what your favorite record is between the two and why. I want to know the why specifically. And we're going to make a kick-ass playlist with all of our favorite fucking tracks 
from the first five years of Wu-Tang. Yeah, I'm all good here, if you are, Jeremy. Yeah, I'm all good. Just remember, dirty love the kids. <laughs> Wu-Tang's for the children. Yeah. And for everybody. Uh, but yeah, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Peace.